Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the Empress of Everything Green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. My goodness. It's going to be summer again next week. I warned y'all about this. Let's talk about it. What's ha- what is impact does that have on your garden? What does that mean, for example, to my continuing efforts to sow old lettuce seeds and try and get them to come up? So far, not much. However, there are a lot of things that this prediction, and that's all it is, a prediction that the southeast is going to have a warm winter. There are a lot of things that that brings to us, but like every sort of sword, you know, there's good and there's bad. Ticks, fire ants, mosquitoes, they're having a party. They're celebrating. Aphids, oh my goodness, the scale insects, they are whooping it up. However, so are we, because guess what? It means that we will have many, many more leaves falling over a longer period of time, which makes better conditions for composting as distinguished from the day that all the leaves fall off at once. All of these things make a difference in the way that we garden. It also means that our fall vegetable gardens will, if we, if the predictions prove true, the fall vegetable gardens will have much more bounty in them. And, frankly, you flower growers, well, there'll be a lot more picking to do, and that does give us a little bit more of a window for planting some of the annual flowers that we might want to do. Now, what does all that mean? Well, that means that this is a couple of hours each week when we are fortunate enough to talk about gardening and the green world. My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama because that's kind of what I do. Everybody's garden needs a mama. And I have to tell you that our C Spire text line is already on fire this morning. I so appreciate that. 601-879-4395. You can hop in on the phone, too, though. Super Talk call line is 888-808-8637. Really, really good question to start us off this morning from Judy and Lowndes. She has knockout roses that she says have been uh, suffering three years of neglect. Believe me, that's nothing unusual. I know. I'm looking right now at a pittosporum hedge that should have been pruned three years ago. It's way over my head. Okay, I understand these things get away from us. And, but um, the problem is, of course, in my case, it doesn't have any more leaves on the bottom than, than your roses do. <laughs> so we're both in the same kind of a patch. This is not the moment to begin pruning to stimulate new growth, which is what would happen if you started pruning those knockouts today. I'm not going to say don't remove dead growth. I'm not going to say that because it wouldn't do me any good. You're going to do it anyway. But before you prune any of it, be sure and rub your thumbnail or a thin blade on there just to make sure if you're if it's brown underneath the skin of the, the branch, we're, we're talking dead. But if it's not brown, if it's even light brown or if it's green, by all means leave it because that's your future. You'll do this heavy-duty pruning in January in this case. We don't ordinarily prune knockouts very heavily, but this time around, and any time we're trying to do some rehabilitation, a knockout rose will take advantage of us if we will give it the joy of heavy-duty pruning in February. So go and get next year's calendar, 
roll it up on your phone or get it on the wall and mark the date. You're going to do that mid-February next year. I would, however, at this point in time, I would test the soil in that rose bed because it's a long space and there could be a need for some lime. There could be a need for a different nutrient. Or it might tell you that you don't need to do anything else except clear the weeds away, put some mulch around the plants, and wait for springtime. So I hope that helps. Um, I know we have we have a lot of things that we love dearly. I've got some roses that are blooming and they don't look so great. So that's kind of an odd, you know, it's a different different problem than I usually have. So we can talk about your roses as well as mine and, and everybody else's. One of the advantages of having the chance to talk on the phone and on the text line about plants is that we can talk about the ones down the street that we like and also the ones that we don't like so much. Both of those work. Greg says, good morning. Howdy-do. How's everything? Donald's in Oxford. Um... Is there such a thing as a pre- or post-weed emerge control for flower beds? Yes, um, Preen is the brand name that we all would look for in that case. You don't, if you're planting anything from seed in that bed, it's not a good idea. But I will tell you, I use, there are two formulas, or there's several formulas, but there's basically traditional um, technologies and then there's organic technologies in two different lines of the Preen world. And I do use the organic version of it in my flower bed because that's what somebody sent me to try and it worked so well I went and bought some. <laughs> so how about that? That's a good advertisement, isn't it? I will tell you though that I got to be better at it this time around because I've been able to keep the gripe weed down and this last year we had so much rain in the springtime that every seed probably you know 10 feet down in the ground came up and sprouted. So I was able to control them in the bed but the edges are going to need some attention, and I may use some of that there. But yes, there are indeed, it's a, it's a pre-emerge. Um, now, post-emerge is a different story. Post-emerge comes down to things that you might consider, well, they are considered broad spectrum, whether it's a glyphosate or whether it's an, uh, uh, another formulation, such as one of the fatty acids um, that, that you'll find in an organic line okay, of herbicides. But the the main thing in that case is that you have to apply it to the plant you want to come away. You can't just spray it. So there's not one that's going to do that post-emerge except for a product called over-the-top. And that's only used in shrubs to control specific grasses. That's a different story. In a flower bed, perennials, annuals, that sort of thing, we really do need to rely on preen for pre-emerge weed control of seeds that might come up and a little bit of attention to the weeds as they do come up. Sometimes that's even done with a paintbrush and, on, and a little bit of chemical, okay? Weed control is tough. It's a, it's a really good time of the year, though, to be thinking about it because if we can get some good habits established and we can get everything cleaned up at this point, that's good garden sanitation. That helps us with next year, and it frankly looks better anyway. So there you are. Um, um, I certainly don't disagree that more chickens and ducks would be nice. However, I, I just have to tell you, uh, Mr. Mr. Ken, good morning, that, that uh, I don't have a full fence, and my neighbors have dogs that would have a wonderful time with my chickens and ducks. So that's why I don't have chickens and ducks. You have to have chickens and ducks in the right place at the right time. They do keep them in my part of the city, but it's in more enclosed environments. 
888-808-8637. That is the phone number here, of course, on the Super Talk call line and 601-879-4395. I would be remiss if I did not um, say a word about uh, the tragedy on the movie set in New Mexico yesterday. For those of you who don't happen to know, I am a proud retired member of IATSE, that is the International Stagehands Union. That's not who was, as we understand it so far, they were not involved. This is an independent film, and there were people, there's crew, plenty of crew in in, uh, New Mexico, of course. Whether or not it was part of my union or not remains to be seen, and we're seeing different reports about that. That part doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was union folks or not, except that I will tell you if it's union folks, they're in a whole lot of trouble other than the law. The law is going to be an issue along the way here. But there's, there, there's, we basically have to train for safety issues that we never encounter in a union setting. So somebody, if, if, there, if there were indeed people who were trained and let this happen, um, it, it's going to be bad. Now, all that being said, throw that right out the door. Doesn't matter where this happens. Doesn't matter when this happens. I'm a kid who grew up in North Louisiana. I grew up in the woods. I grew up with people. I know how to shoot a gun. I know how to take a gun apart. I even know how to skin a squirrel. And the biggest rule I was ever taught in my life is that every gun is loaded, period. If you don't treat it that way, you are asking for trouble. And that's just that's the way it is. So that's my rant for the morning. Every gun is loaded and every microphone is hot. So join me here today, okay? Okay. (laughs) Appreciate you. Hey, now, what does make us human anyway? New research says, you know, we, we hear all this. They unravel the genome of this, and they tell us all about the DNA construction of that, and we're able to determine who was at a crime scene 20 years ago based on DNA that they left around. How in the world can we have any overlooked DNA? Well, we do. That's right. The Lund University folks are putting this information out for us to understand that, we, and we already know, of course, that our DNA is nothing unique. It is part of the mammal world, and, and indeed, we're very similar to the chimpanzee, but it's our closest living relative. However, what we found by getting into the stem cells, though, is that the non-coded DNA, for those of you who know genetics, you will understand that this is something I know nothing about except what I studied in one tiny class. You, you know a lot more than I do. Apparently contributes to a difference that makes our brains function differently. Obviously, if we could find more out about that and understand more about what makes us human, we would have more ways to enhance our humanity. And that's, of course, what we're always hoping to do. Um, I, I find it interesting that we have discovered this in the stem cell. Just absolutely um Interestingly enough, the, the Homo sapiens, which is who we are in the 21st century, is, is different. And if it turns out that it's non-coded DNA that got us there, well, I think that's really important for us to know. It also tells me there's going to be a whole lot more genetics studied in the next period of time. Real, real important. All right. Now, here's something you didn't know either. Non-coded DNA? Mm-hmm, uh-huh. What about lizards with teeth? Ah! <laughs> is that possible? Of course it is. The University of Helsinki is letting us know that complex teeth, which are indeed what you and I have, all right, 
has been discovered has come along in reptiles. And that promotes the evolutionary success, or why we understand that plant-eating lizards have triumphed. But, but, it didn't work like ours does. I just really love this. The Geological Survey of Finland has found these um, not going in the same direction. They're not unidirectional. I don't want my teeth if they're not unidirectional. But in Nature Communications, you can learn just a whole lot more about the several lizard groups that evolved teeth (laughs) with a bunch of different tips on them. Good heavens. I'm telling you. If I, I'm not going to go back and study any kind of computer animation or CGI for movies or any of that stuff, but somebody needs to take advantage of this study. This would be some cool monsters. <laughs> we would love that. Mike, you're in Houston this morning. What's on your mind? What's going on, Mike? Hello. Well, you know, I've got that dumb cane that I've chopped up and started planting, got some good good growth out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I am. I know it won't survive the winter type weather. That's right. Okay. I am. I got several sheets of plywood. Good grief. Several sheets of uh, styrofoam. I thought make me a little temporary uh, block building and put a small heater in there, like 65, 75 degrees. And should, I, should I warm the plant or should I warm the pot? Well, the. They neither one of them needs to be below forty degrees for any length of time. <laughs> Does that help? Okay. Yeah, it helps. Okay. But, uh, um, I can you, so that's why I put it in the middle. Then I would say I would say somewhere in the center of your arrangement is probably going to be the best. If if you can make, you can do hay bales. You can do right now. I'm building um, plastic uh, trays that that are hard hard shell trays into a, a structure around where my lemon trees and things are. I've decided that I need to do that. I don't know why I decided on that, but I did. And um, I see what you're trying to do, but I'm going to encourage you to try and cover up the whole business as much as possible. Sometimes people will dig a trench, bury the pots, and then just cover the top of that. But if there is a leak or if there is a freeze, sometimes that soil gets awfully cold for something like a tropical plant that you're trying to keep. So I'd rather see them stay above ground and keep the whole thing protected. I got about 300 sheets of styrofoam, an inch thick. That's why we don't want to make me a uh, building Well, are it. you building a spa? I mean, come on. You, know, you can do anything with that. That's what I'm saying. It's a uh, it's free given to me, so I said, "What the heck? I'll, I'll make go it. get it." Make I it. like it. I want pictures. And put a small. <laughs> uh, but I now will. be careful. Be careful. And if you if you have the opportunity to use radiant heat, do that because active heat sources are not a good idea with styrofoam around them. Besides the fact that if you can put cement blocks on the outside or or bricks of something, you'll have a whole lot of passive solar that'll keep this structure warm too. Oh, that's true. Um, now, uh, I want you to blower type heater. I mean, it's a little small, small electric heaters, but it'd be blowers, blower type. I'm not going to put it against the plant, just had the warm mm-hmm. air mm-hmm. touching it. And uh, you'd always, like always, you're always doing a good job. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Be careful. Okay. Thank you, now. One of the things that we do. With our plants, we torture them when we don't have to. Sometimes we try and see what kind of what they can take and where we can put it. Trust me, somebody has pushed that edge before. And uh, cold, wet soil 
in a container or in the ground is not going to help a dumb cane, a Diefenbachia. That is for sure. Maybe about lizards, that's interesting. Maybe so. How gorgeous. Just how lovely. Y'all just have such cool photographs. Thank you. Um, oh, well, hey, Kevin, I know where Alla is in Louisiana. We're talking about a fig tree now. <laughs> I have ridden those roads, believe you me. There, if there's anybody here today that um, doesn't know, back in back in one once upon a time, <laughs> they allowed 15-year-olds to have entire driver's licenses, and gas was like 15 cents a gallon. <laughs> we went everywhere as soon as we could. We went everywhere, and I do think that's that part of that's. Part of that's how you get to be a person, the person that you are, are the experiences that you have when you're a little bit too young to be having some of them, like driving too far. Um, my mother was a young person, teenager, college student in the era of the big bands, and they would drive five, six, seven hours to hear, you know, Tommy Dorsey play and then turn right around and drive back home again. Didn't think a thing about it because they didn't know what all could happen. I'm here to tell you, nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> Thank you, Perez, for that important quote. Now listen, we got a lot to talk about. It's daytime now, and this is all about the garden. Stick around. It's weekend gardening. Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program? Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland is now offering monoclonal antibody treatments. 
Monoclonal antibody therapy offers a way to help reduce and prevent severe symptoms in COVID-positive patients and for those who have been in close contact with someone who has tested positive. Most insurance providers will cover the cost. If you are uninsured, you may be eligible for reimbursement through the federal government. To find out if you are eligible for this treatment option, call Innovative Health Clinic today, 601-944-5585. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pilium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pilium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. No drip roofing and construction. Online at NoDripMS.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, No Drip Roofing and Construction can take care of it. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Hurry! Run! Get to the car! It's coming! Start the car! What are you waiting for? I knew I should have gone to Mazda of Jackson! rid of that creepy old car you've been driving around in and upgrade to a new vehicle during our model year clearance at Mazda of Jackson. All the 2021s must go, and we're giving you amazing savings on every last one of them. Get 0.9% financing for 36 months on all new Mazdas. That's 0.9% on every new Mazda in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. You can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Is your credit history scary? Our credit team will work to get you approved no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. <laughs> Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. So get to Mazda of Jackson today, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. I-55 French Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on select models. Home is where your life happens, so make it reflect you. At Miskelly's, find what suits your style and get instant savings up to $300. Plus, finance your purchase for five years with no down payment. Shop online and check out what's in stock or visit one of our showrooms. Make your house your favorite place to come home to. With instant savings and no money down financing, the low monthly payment will also suit your style. Make it happen at all Miskelly locations. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here. Good question about a rose. It's the 601 area code. Um, so I'm thinking, let me see. I think this is in Meridian. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, I'm trying to look up, up ahead and behind in the other texts that have come in from that person. Y'all are so nice. Y'all text all the shows. Thank you. I have a white rose that my mother gave me when would be a good time to put it in the ground. If it is a well-rooted, um, it is Meridian Hay. If it is a well-rooted um, plant, 
and you've got it in a container like a gallon pot or something like that, it would be a wonderful time to plant it coming up in the next few weeks. I wouldn't do it in this next rush of warm weather. We'd rather do it after things have cooled off a bit. But but any time in the November to February range is fine for planting shrubs, which includes roses. We just don't often have rose bushes ready to plant at this time. So that's it's fine to do that. Um, if, however, it's a small plant, for example, a rooted cutting in a four-inch pot, I'm going to grow it on until at least February and let it get let us get through the wintertime before putting it out. I don't want it to be – I don't want to take it out of a good situation and make it worse. But if it's in a good situation that we can make better, that is to say it's got plenty of roots and it's a bigger plant, that's great. Lovely, lovely. How nice of that. That's a nice thing. We often talk about this. I've, I've been saying to you for, for weeks that – I'm cutting down shrubs and moving things around, transplanting stuff, and potting up some other stuff. Um, it's not going very well because it's the the soil is so hard. It's not rained enough in in recent times. I'm hopeful that it will do that, and it will. It's theoretically going to rain at my house sometime this week. But the good news is. It's also been warm enough that they've just been sitting there. We've got a few leaves. Nothing has has had a problem getting hit by cold weather or hot weather. It's just been sitting there. The idea of cutting back pruning plants when you're going to transplant them, for example, if you have a shrub and it's uh, four feet wide and four feet tall and you need to dig it up from your mother's house and plant it at your house, it's going to be very hard to get all of its roots. It's an established plant. So we have to compensate so that we don't overtax the top of the plant while we're trying to get the bottom to put on some roots. That's why the general rule of thumb, if we are going to dig up a plant, a woody plant, I should say, a shrub, even a small tree, and put it somewhere else, we want to make sure that we are giving it the opportunity to do that that rooting before it has to put out the new growth on the top. That's why we plant and replant and transplant in the fall as well as early parts of the winter. The longer we wait, the more likely we are to kick off new growth, and that puts a stress on the roots of that plant. So all of those things are real helpful. Um, Let's see. Well, that was a good idea. When you run into somebody with a truck full of bricks and they want to dump them at your house, I always say yes. (laughs) That's a good idea. Oh my goodness! Now we've got the opposite end of the the um, Patsy's got the opposite knockout rose issue. We've already heard about ones that have not been doing so well, and now hers are doing real well. They need to be cut back when is best. The best is going to be to wait until February. And I still don't want you to cut back knockout roses unless they are in danger. Okay, if they are as as we've talked about, they've lost their leaves, they've gotten some kind of disease, maybe they've been too wet, too dry, not fertilized, all of those things. They look terrible. Then that's the ones we're going to prune heavy in February back by about a third to a half. Less than that for any that are, for example, if you've got one and it's six feet tall, don't take more than two feet off of it in one year. Otherwise, you're going to end up producing in a knockout rose, not all roses, but in a knockout rose, you're going to produce a whole lot of leaf growth and maybe not so many flowers, okay? Knockouts are... that. I've always been the person that says, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, and... I'm 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 have have had dinner with the people that introduced knockout roses, so I'm not saying anything out of school really. We overhype everything that we love. 
Um, if you talk to my if you, if you talk to my pub, my editors, my publishers, they'll tell you that the books I write are the best books you'll ever buy. <laughs> now, that may or may not be true, but the point is that we always hype up what, what it is that we create and what we love so much. And I can't really blame you for, um, for that. That's no problem. I wish I was in Corinth this weekend. It'd be nice to be there. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is a good one. Yeah, bros. The, the the fertilizer spike fertilizers can be very good, and yes, you use them around the plants that you are trying to put them. You're trying to fertilize with, but but you don't, that doesn't control the weeds. That's true. He says the weeds are happy too. So you still have to pull the weeds, or you have to do enough mulching around the base of the plant to keep the weeds down. That's for sure. I uh, today's horticulture word is dioecious. I don't do that to you very often. If something is mono, it's one. If something is di, it's two. You know, that's just the basic, well, or bi. We could say bicameral legislature, for example. It's a two-house Senate and and House of Representatives. That's called bicameral. It could be dicameral if they wanted it to be. But monocameral, like in Nebraska, they only have one. Their, their state legislature is one. It's not. It's a monocameral. Okay, so that's the difference in those two prefixes. Dioecious plants have their male and female parts on uh, on different plants of that same species. So I say all of this to say to you that very very seldom in my career, which is as we all know long and storied, very very seldom have I run upon a headline much less an abstract of a scientific paper, as I have this one from the University of Queensland. The first three words tell more than you want to know about the story. Hot desert sex. No, no, it's not, people. Stop it. Get your mind out of the gutter. The issue here is why these plants have remained dioecious. And in this particular case, the jojoba plants, only 6% of plants are dioecious. So the question for many botanists, many horticulturists is, how come? Why haven't the plants adapted to put both of their parts on the same plant so we don't have to have two different plants? And how come, for like in a persimmon tree, we have both parts, but we still get better pollination if we have two trees? Why does, how does all these things work? And that's what people are studying. Research now suggests that the male and female jojoba plants diverge tremendously because of the necessity for the females to survive. And the number of males that are produced is much, much larger. It's really interesting. Um, they, they, they can't be distinguished from each other as seedlings. As we all know, we have to wait a little while to buy a ginkgo tree, too, because if we buy that female ginkgo, it's going to be an unpleasant visitor in the garden every year when those flowers shed, whereas the male is going to be absolutely beautiful and drop all of its leaves on the same day and be nifty to clean up, okay? This is how these things work, and I just really appreciate that this they, – they want me to uh, – <laughs> They want me to tell you that men are from Mars and women are from Venus, and that has something to do with this. I think they've been a little bit in their cups um, working on this. But the, the male and female plants of jojoba have greater diversity than other dioecious species. 
Okay. By the way, we are a dioecious species. In case you hadn't figured that out yet, we're we're one of those too. Males and females on different plants, so to speak. Fascinating stuff, though. I love that we're working on trying to understand what these folks are doing. I really understand. I really just love this particular work. It's important for us to understand how the plants developed this way, why they developed this way, and frankly, how we can make use of that information in other settings. Fun stuff. I don't know about you, but I am always interested in better ways to get smarter. And what we've been talking here for weeks now about what is basically horticulture therapy. The reason why we garden oftentimes is because it makes us feel good. Well, it turns out that it makes us feel good because it reinforces the very positive parts of our brain that are already there and sometimes are overlooked. Indeed, we also have to understand that learning of, in, of any sort is better when it's active. It works more. You've probably heard this. Tell me something, and I might remember it for a minute. Put it in my hands, and I'll remember it for a lifetime. It's a, it's a tenet of of a particular kind of education that we have had to understand has been so difficult during the pandemic because what we want to do is have that child be able to walk up and touch things and see them and put them into a basket and examine them is a basket of your mind if not a physical basket but that's one of the things that we're learning as humans that we can actually do in different ways Carnegie Mellon University is engaging students with a wonderful piece of things, interactive activities, discussions, feedback, and yes, throwing in some AI. This is really where we are measuring the benefit of active learning as opposed to passive sitting in a lecture, trying really hard not to go to sleep. I know. I got lots of education, y'all. I've had great professors. I've had great teachers. And you still, there's only so much your brain can absorb in a lecture format. So I'm glad to see that we now are really understanding these novel ways of engagement. COVID forced this, okay? How are you going to get kids? What, I, I don't think it works like it did um, back in the, 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 the school bell days, uh, which was a, a TV show. Miss Francis would say, all right, go look outside at the, wind, at the birds and the weather. And we little three-year-olds at our homes, this was early, early television, we would run to the window to look outside. It didn't look anything like what Miss Francis was talking about. She was making it up anyway because she was sitting in a room in a, on a set of a television. But that's how we learned to go to the window and look outside. Doesn't hurt. I still do that every single day. Every single day. All right. Another question coming up um, here in our text line, of course. Um, I'm going to let you know about that at the break, Mr. Meridian. I appreciate you, or Ms. Meridian. Is it too late to plant perennial lantana? No. If it's been rooted and it's in good shape, I would have no problem planting it. It's going to be a little harder to carry it over the winter, in fact, if it's not in the ground. Um, I'm, I'm struggling on the other end of mine. It has come up in so many places. It's about to eat my air conditioning unit outside, <laughs> so I have to do something about that. Why would... My dwarf, dwarf gardenias turn yellow and drop their leaves. Stevens in Loosedale. Well, um, I'm looking at your photograph. I can see that you've got a bed and you've got a lawn. I'm going to say that the chances are real good that the gardenias are 
not getting what they need in terms of an acid soil. And by that, of course, we mean um, soil that has been amended with, if it isn't naturally that way, soil that's been amended with ground pine bark or with um, some other form of an organic matter that has an acid nature to it. What I would do before, because you don't want to put fertilizer out right now, and this doesn't look like a situation where it's chlorosis, so I don't think iron's going to help. I would do a soil test just in the bed. I don't know what kind of turf this is behind it, um, and so I don't, I'm not going to worry about that right now, but I'm going to tell you that in this bed around the gardenias, I would take a look at a soil test before I did anything else. Gardenias can lose leaves, they can turn yellow because they don't have any fertilizer. That is to say, they've benefited the top of the plant by removing the nitrogen from the bottom and translocating it upwards. But it can also be because the nutrients that are in the soil are not available because we've got a a pH problem. We've got a soil chemistry problem. So I would get the soil tested myself and do that first. All right. How am I doing? Oh, this is great. Mabel in Jackson, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Uh, Oh, I have a a big plant in in uh, in the pot. But fast as it uh the the baby plant the leaves come on, they just uh wither and die. And the and the big ones on it, they don't curl over real bad. What kind of plant is it? Oh I I, well, I don't know but I, I tell you what I could do I could describe it. Is it inside or outside? Inside. Okay. It got it, the big leaves got like star like Stem, uh, uh, leaves on it with ruffles. Oh, okay. All right. I think I'm headed in the right direction. How wet is that soil staying? It's not staying that wet. I don't water it too much. Okay. What I'm going to say to do is take advantage of the fact that we've got this humidity coming. Um, in case y'all don't know, Mabel lives in my neighborhood, so we, we have the same exact gardening conditions. It's going to be cool but not cold. It's going to be warm, not hot. I would put it outside in the shade and let the humidity help it. I'd water it really good one time and then see how it looks in a few days. Um, it's been in since I had it. I know. That's why we're going to give it a chance to go outside and get a little humidity before it gets too cold to leave it out anymore. But put it in the shade. It's a, in the shade. Yeah. Okay. Put it in the shade. Water it once. And let it stay outside just a few days and see if we can get some humidity to help it out. Thank you, ma'am. Call me next week, all right? I'll talk to you then. I'm sorry, but I, I got the clock up against me, and I'm losing the battle as usual. This is... Uh, Oh, fun. Nice pictures, y'all. Y'all are really busy today. I'll talk to Mabel again probably next week. But sometimes an indoor plant just needs a little time outside. We'll be right back. This is Weekend Gardening. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. Oh, what fun. Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual Premier Holiday Shopping Experience at the Mississippi Trade Martin Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. 
Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. Spillway Diner would like to salute all healthcare and first responders for putting your life on the line to help so many. You are the true heroes. Thank you from Curtis and staff at Spillway Diner. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantee so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Here's a fact. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. Also a fact, vaccines are highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths, even from the Delta variant. If you've got questions about COVID vaccines, talk to a doctor because our kids are irreplaceable. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Gulf Seafood Outlet, your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet, seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet, Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. You know, when people send you pictures, you just smile. Gorgeous, gorgeous fall garden from Madison. These are some raised beds that I could literally 
sit right down on the corner of and start pulling weeds. If there were any weeds to pull, there's not, because this is such a good-looking garden. Thank you so much for sending those photos. I love seeing them on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Appreciate you very, very much. A couple of things going on. It's Y'all are great. I, I don't know everything, but I do appreciate that you think I do. I love that. Um, our peanuts settle an argument. You know I don't like to do that. Are peanuts a legume or are they a nut? Well, here's the problem. They're a legume, <laughs> but their proteins are closer to those of tree nuts than they are to other legumes. How's that? That's the truth. Um, I don't know if that helps. It may not settle the argument. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Chris is in Madison. Chris would like to prune off a third of a gardenia bush. No, don't do that. If it is, for example, dead, if there's a piece of it sticking out the top that has no leaves on it, you can scratch the bark and cut down to the point where you realize you've gotten, gotten the brown part off. But other than that, don't do that. Um, this is the time of year when, particularly since we are looking at warmer conditions, if we start pruning a lot, we're likely to set up a condition that will create new growth, and then that in turn will get frozen. So hopefully, now I will say that to you, and you will go right out and prune anyway, because I realize when people decide they're going to prune, they're going to prune. Um, I, I had a brother-in-law who literally could not help himself. <laughs> he, was, he was so fond of pruning that he pruned everything he ever saw. And that's not always a good idea when it comes to the production of the flowers and things that you want. Now, I will tell you, Coming into bloom right now are the camellia sasanquas. These are not the, the what I call the, the church camellias, the, the big uh, round ones that you would pin onto your coat. This is the sasanquas that are more like trees or they're small shrubs, but the flowers are a little bit more delicate. Beautiful evergreen leaves, though, and they bloom for weeks and weeks. However, if you don't prune them within one month after they finish blooming, They'll have trouble with next year's flowers. And because they bloom in October and November, who's going to think about pruning, except my brother-in-law, <laughs> But if you will prune those, if you're desperate to prune something every month of the year, be sure you plant sasanguas because you can prune, prune them in November and December. Jim's and Laurel, what's going on, sir? Hey, good morning, Gar. Gar, Gar, I love this show. I get up every Saturday morning, come out here and listen. What really makes me mad is halfway through it to turn you off and go to a baseball game. Um, I'm not going to apologize for that because I do love sports, but I will tell you that just means you need to put the app in your phone because you can always hear me on the app. <laughs> My stream is still there. <laughs> uh, I'm 71. I'm soon be well, I'm so what? <laughs> Guess what? So am I. Well, I'm not quite there, but I'm almost there. The, the good news is, the good news is that anybody's great grandchild can show them how to put an app in a phone to hear me on the radio. I promise. I tell everybody I'm, I'll soon be 36 for the second time, and as long as I believe that, I'll get up and go and have fun. See, there it is. All right, now let's talk business. What's up with your roses? Uh, I've been reclaiming this land out here for years. The low land, well, they pushed it all off, and, uh, and I've been having field dirt brought out here and leveled it off, and I come back with topsoil. Mm -hmm. And I have got this red dirt, not red dirt, just Anyhow, it's green. There's stuff, mold, milk, <laughs> stuff you don't want. Pardon? Stuff you don't want, right? That's something I don't want. Yeah. I'm allergic to, uh, 
How can I get rid of it besides bleaching it? Um, use a little garden lime. It'll change that pH, and the, the mold and moss and stuff will move right along to grow somewhere else. What okay. you've done is you, what you've got done by all of this amending and adding and bringing in. You've just got an, an, an event going on there that's probably a little bit more busy with bacteria and whatnot than you need it to be, and that's why you're getting an, an eruption of things that are not so pleasant. Sometimes you'll see, for example, um, it's a different proje- project, but I had a friend who brought a little bit too much gin trash in one year, and the next year it wasn't like it, it wasn't like cotton grew. Okay, but that that's not what happened. But he ended up with every kind of mold and mildew that had ever seen anything because he just had the right circumstance for it. It was a little bit too wet, a little bit too pH perfect, and he ended up having to go out and just lime it. Just and that's really all it takes. If you did a soil test, it would probably tell you to lime and maybe a couple of other things. But if you'll start with lime, I think you'll have a better result. Okay. Now, fertilize. I've been on my terms of mustard. Mm-hmm. I, we talked about this once before. I, I've always been told, you know, it's hard to get a, something out of, out of a man's mind once he's done it. Once <laughs> but uh, I've always used triple eight or triple thirteen. I know. And the best way to get rid of my little gr- spurs that grows in the yard is triple thirteen. It burns them suckers out. I'll bet it does. <laughs> I put this triple eight on my turnips and mustard when I, about two weeks ago. And I went back down there to broadcast it again. It's still on the ground. Mm-hmm. This old man, I'm an old man. <laughs> this older guy here telling me, son, you still got fertilized down there. I said, that's just like a body. The, the the soul is gone, but the body's still hanging around. All the nutrients are gone. Oh, you burn them things up, put more fertilizer on it. I fertilize them. And did they grow uh, all right? It rained that day. Well, see, that's what you needed. Now, you, your friend there has described what I call the carrier. The fertilizer is in that pellet of triple eight or triple thirteen or any other agriculture fertilizer that is intended to be put out behind a tractor in a drop spreader. Okay, that's that's how that's intended to be used, and it's intended to have to put up with a lot of abuse and wait for it to rain and stay in place and all that sort of stuff. Whereas you and I are really not doing that. You and I are fertilizing. You can go out there and fling. You can go out there and hook up a thing of fertilizer to your hose and water them and fertilize them and water it at the same time. Or sprinkle out something that you know is going right before it's going to rain or however it's going to do. But you still end up with that carrier if you use those particular products. And it, that's actually what burns more likely in, than the, the nutrient itself because the nutrients dissolve pretty quickly. Yes, ma'am. One last thing, Garden Mama. Okay. I got six con trees here in this yard. One right across the road from me. There's three leaves on it. It looks like a skeleton out there. The rest of them leaves are all in them. What would cause that? You don't really want me to go into... I, I know too much about what can cause that in a pecan tree. <laughs> Let's see. <clears throat> How many diseases and pests and problems would we like to talk about? I'm going to say that tree is is acting as the trap for everything that your trees are not getting. And I mean that in terms of pests and the the bugs, the weather first, all of the other things that that your trees are not suffering from. And the bad news is that that one is suffering. But you'd have to go give me leaf samples, and I'd have to look at the shape of the tree. I'd have to look at the age and all those things to really tell you what the why it only has three leaves on it. But I would take it, if yours are doing well and it's not, I would presume that it's getting the trouble and yours are not. 
And we call that, in, in horticulture, we call that a trap crop. Okay. Well, Garden Mom, I enjoy your show. Ladies. Thank you, sir. And God bless. Plate, take care. You know, Jim's, Jim feels like 71 is old, but <clears throat> I don't. <laughs> so... <laughs> Why would that be? Because that, well, anyway, that's because we've already talked about that this year. I don't have to give you my birth date, but once a year, and that's in July. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're going to full frog out, hop out of here, though, because we've got another hour coming up here pretty quickly. I'm uh, loving your crotons, Susan. Those are just beautiful. Nice fern, I think that is, too. Beautiful crotons. We'll look at that and so many more things. Wowie zowie. Y'all have really got some fun stuff going on today. This is a great day for weekend gardening. the smell of freshly cut grass. Maybe you love the aroma of steaks on the grill. Steel has the outdoor power equipment to get you there. From the dependable performance of our leaf blowers to the legendary power of our chainsaws. Find your perfect backyard with outdoor power tools starting at just $139.99. Real Steel. Find yours at over 10,000 local dealers and at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Whether you look forward to working on your outdoor space or for what comes after, Battery Power Made by Steel has the outdoor tools to get you there. From the reliable power of our chainsaws and mowers to the quiet performance of our blowers and trimmers, enjoy more of the sounds of fall with the AK Homeowner Series of Battery Tools starting at $199.99. Real Steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Ag Commissioner Andy Gibson is taking steps to prevent vaccine mandates in his agency. The commissioner signed an order that bars any such mandate for employees of the Department of Agriculture and Commerce, as well as for individuals that attend an event on agency property. In the order, Gibson expressed his belief that President Biden's mandate could threaten a large part of Mississippi's workforce and the supply chain. And the Supreme Court will hear arguments 
on the constitutionality of Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban December 1st. Senator Joey Fillingane says he hopes the conservative majority on the court will protect the rights of the unborn. What this would do is send it back to the 50 states to decide and say this is not a federal issue. This is not covered in the federal constitution. This is a power and a right reserved to the states. And each of the 50 states can have their own say. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. Hey there, what are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Plus, you could save up to $150. Viasat offers high-speed satellite internet wherever you live, even if cable providers don't go there. So you can get online today and tomorrow. Go to Viasat.com connect now and save up to $150 on select home plans. That's V-I-A-S-A-T.com connect now. Minimum 24-month service term. Service is not available in all areas. See Viasat.com for additional terms and conditions. Oh, what fun! Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. A bill authored by Congressman Stephen Palazzo and passed by the House would rename the Biloxi Post Office after fallen Biloxi Police Officer Robert McEthan. I am inspired by his spirit of service and strength of character. A great man and officer was taken too soon, but he will never be forgotten. Officer Robert McEthan's end of watch was in Biloxi on May 5th, 2019. But this post office renaming will provide for a daily reminder of his dedication and love to his community and our love and respect for law enforcement. Darian Atkinson is charged with McKeithen's murder. And while the state has worked to provide additional help for victims of human trafficking, Lindsay Simmons with the Human Trafficking Coalition said there's still much work to be done. If they're over 18, they can go to Sandy's shelter at the Center for Violence Prevention, but they don't house teenagers. And so we don't have a home for kids right now. And that's the big effort for our group right now. We're working with a lot of foster care agencies and children's homes and churches and trying to partner and stand up a shelter for teenagers. I'm Andy Davis. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Southeastern Conference football action today finds the LSU Tigers at Ole Miss. The Rebels are ranked 12th in most of the polls, and that'll be a 2.30 kickoff there. 12.30 airtime on the Ole Miss football network. The Rebels are looking for their third consecutive conference win. Mississippi State, meanwhile, will be at Nashville to take on Vanderbilt. That's a 3 o'clock kick there against the Commodores. 1 o'clock airtime on the MSU Football Network this afternoon. Other action in the Southeastern Conference, Tennessee is at Alabama. That's a 6 o'clock kick on ESPN in Tuscaloosa. Then South Carolina is at Texas A&M for a 6.30 contest on that one. Arkansas steps out of conference. They'll take on Arkansas Pine Bluff. Everybody else in the Southeastern Conference is taking the week off as we head into the backside of October. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. How old is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation? Next year, we'll be celebrating our 100th anniversary. Since 1922, our purpose has been to provide a unified voice for Mississippi farmers in the legislative arena and serve as a leader in the state's agricultural community. After a century, we remain as committed as we were day one. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online 
at msfb.org. Oh, what fun! Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. Other football action today in the SWAC. Jackson State looks to tighten their grip on the SWAC East Division. They're 3-0 and and 5-1 and overall with a three-game win streak. They'll take on Bethune-Cookman at 1 o'clock in Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium today. Alcorn State is in second place in the West Division of the SWAC at 3-0, 4-2 and overall with a three-game win streak on the line. And they will be at Texas Southern at 7 o'clock tonight in the SWAC. Mississippi Valley will be at home against Florida A&M. And the Gulf South Conference and Mississippi College Choctaws will take on the league-leading Valdosta State at 2 o'clock in Clinton. Delta State will travel to West Alabama and take on West Alabama and Livingston. That's a 4 o'clock kick there. And the state's been looking for their first conference win of the season. They're 0-3, 2-5 overall. The Choctaws are 2-2 and 3-3. And and I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Saturday. Well, might be Saturday. You might be listening to the rebroadcast. You might be taking me along with you as a download from supertalk.fm, or you might even be picking up the podcast wherever you get those. I appreciate you doing all of that. Thank you so, so very, very much. I'm just having a great time here on the Ceasefire text line with Susan from Pearl. She is in Florida, and she wants you to know, because we were, were just discussing this in the previous hour, she wants you to know that the stream always sounds better, in her opinion, than the radio does. So I'm, I'm not going to disagree with her. She's in Florida today listening. <laughs> Beautiful Croton, um, and you're absolutely right about it. It it needs that humidity. To, um, to it just is a, has a hard time indoors. The only Crotons that I have successfully grown as an indoor plant, I did in a tray of gravel, which I because you can't you don't want to overwater the Croton, but you need to keep the air around them very very moist. So I grew them in a tray of gravel in under an uh, artificial light, you know, under a supplemental grow light because it, there just was not enough light in the, inside that particular house um, for them to grow. But they turned out to be lovely and even put on a leaf or two during the wintertime. It's hard to get them to put on much more than that. But yours are lovely, and I'm glad they got back outside. It's really beautiful. Um, the others are d- divided after the ice storm in 2021, and they look great, <laughs> those ferns and things. That's just beautiful. Wonderful, wonderful. Good question uh, here on the text line. To, is it okay to trim the fire blight now off of the pear tree? Um, you, yes, um, because it's not going to get any better. And if we have a warm winter, it could indeed spread. I don't know if they're going to. That's the prediction. We'll see. But remember, when you take off fire blight, 
if you if you've never seen fire blight, if you look at a pear tree, you look at a pyracantha. There's any number of plants in that group of that that family that can put on one branch that looks like somebody torched it. It looks like somebody got mad and went out and just literally burned up one branch. Usually, in that family of plants, it's going to be a, a problem with fire blight. And fire blight's not curable; it's barely treatable. Go get get yourself a very clean saw. Get yourself a bucket of bleach water, one to ten or so, one to eight, something like that. And in between every cut, dip that saw blade. All right, because we're trying to keep from moving that onto the rest of the tree or onto something else that you might use the saw on later. Go back at least six inches below the damage. Yes, I know that sounds crazy because the branch was only two feet long anyway. You still have to do this. Go all the way back, make a clean cut in the clean wood, and get that stuff out of the garden immediately. Clean your saw and move on to the next cut if you need to make another one. It's really a pain. There's not anything that we can do about it except to physically remove it from the garden and then hope for the best when the new growth comes out. We may or may not even get any. There are the, the processes for treating fire blight are so inve- so um, in, incredibly expensive and onerous that most people have gone to improved pear varieties or they deal with it just by pruning. Okay? Okay. That's great. Thank you very, very much for all of that information. A couple of good ideas about pecan trees that I'm not going to pass along. They're just, um, I have to tell you, my my grandmother put my grandmother did all those things and her plans were beautiful and I went to college and learned exactly how upside down most of those ideas are from reality. My thought, and this is just me, nobody's ever written this. Probably I haven't either. I think that sometimes when we do something, it's because we do something. Okay. For example, you may or may not want to water your plants every day. But if you'll go out and look at them every day, you'll see when one's dry and needs to be watered. All right? So it's a matter of putting yourself in the place where you can see what the problem is and then hopefully being able to deal with it. I have been really impressed with the stands of autumn sunflowers. If you're driving along the road and there's a six-foot-tall plant with what looks like black-eyed Susans on top of it, that is the autumn sunflower perennial plant. The reason you're noticing them this year is because there's so many more flowers. Um, well, I did write this uh, just just yesterday. I, I was looking at day before yesterday. I was looking at a group of them that I see every year, and it's usually one clump. And this year, it's got four clumps, and they're just in full tilt. Knock your lights out, <laughs> and they're just beautiful. Well, why? Because we don't water. These are the plants that we harvest. We don't we don't water or fertilize most of these. And indeed, if we did, we would end up with leaf material all over the place and probably very few flowers. So what what is that all about? Well, we did have a very wet winter last year. That in turn helps those plants multiply. That in turn puts them in better shape for now. If we had continued to have a wet summer, however, many of them would have just rotted. They wouldn't have made it. So we're getting the the bone sets and the golden rods and the fall plants that we really do love, like the autumn sunflowers, are just doing beautiful. They're beautifully made this year. And, and, uh, and oh, you cut it an angle away from the trunk. Yes, you always want to cut. When you make any kind of pruning angle, you want to cut so that if water was to hit where you cut, it would move away from the plant. 
raindrops, for example. So that's that's a little bit of a slope, and the closer you have to get to the trunk of the tree itself, the more important it is to do that, because you don't want to direct water down into the trunk of the tree if you can possibly help from doing that. And yes, you're going to have to leave a little collar. For example, if you need to get as close to the trunk as possible, you're going to leave a little collar about an inch so that you're not cutting into the trunk. If you cut into the trunk, we've got a cambium problem, and that gets a, that's a bigger issue down the way. All right? All right. Oh, let's see. Um, okay. Judy's also got Judy in Lowndes. Judy in Lowndes has also got a quince that looks dead. I've got one that looks kind of this way too, but it is green underneath. We don't do anything. We're gonna take out. If, if you found anything that was dead, you would clip it off. But otherwise, don't worry about it until it blooms next spring, and then you can prune afterwards to neaten up anything you need to do. Hard as it is to believe, my friends, Halloween is gonna be here next week, and then poof, it's gonna be gone. I was uh, watching somebody the other day harvesting gourds, and the the process is so wonderful to me because this is a time of year, the only time of year, when we really get a chance to do that. But we also get to harvest a lot of other things. We get to harvest juniper for wreaths, for example. We get to harvest bay leaves. We get to harvest the flowers on Eliagnus. Um, you know, right now all the Eliagnus, if you allow it to go, has got long canes on it. If you needed to make an arch out of something, get in touch with me. I've got plenty. But it's a a beautiful, beautiful smell and a wonderful thing to put into your world. But i got to tell you, I I had almost forgotten about making actual potpourri. And as I talk to you about things that we need to be considering doing, you know, who needs to get caught up in supply chains? And, you know, I talked last week about forcing some bulbs for gifts, you know, it's time to think about the teachers that you're going to be honoring this year with a gift. That's one thing to do. But potpourri is another one. You've still got flower buds. You've still got flowers, roses particularly in bloom at this particular time. But you can also do things like clove and oranges that you have roasted. You cut them in thin slices and just bake them to dry them out. Those kind of things are also wonderful in a potpourri. And I encourage you to use more of that and less of any essential oil that you may need. Okay? I like that. I want you to, to, to do that. I also want to tell you about um, perfoliating. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. We've got eupatorium. The bone sets that you see, that the white, white flowered things that are not the ones I don't like, they're the ones I do like. The way to tell them at this time of year is to go out and look, and if the stem appears to be going straight up through the leaf and cutting through it, that is, in fact, Eupatorium perfoliatum, and that is common bone set. It's one of my favorite plants. It's a beautiful one. Lovely, lovely plant. Let's see. Um, Julie's in Tupelo. She wants to separate hostas. Well, I have to say, it's kind of a mad, it kind of depends on the hosta itself. If, for example, you've got a clump that is three feet across and belongs in a six-inch space, and you can see that it's starting to sort of fall down, melt in the middle, as we say, in that sort of thing, you may want to go ahead and dig it up and divide it. Just be real careful when you reset it that you don't get it any lower, those, those new clumps, don't get them any lower than they were already growing. And if the weather gets real crummy, it's not supposed to, we're supposed to have a a warmer winter, but if it turns on us, then that would be something you would want to protect because it's not going to have very much time to put on new roots before we expect it to put on new shoots in the springtime. If it hadn't had time to root well, 
it could be in, in harm's way. So you may want to dig them up. You may want to replant. You may want to wait until early, early spring to do the digging and dividing. But you also may want to dig them up and containerize them, and that makes it a lot easier to protect them, keep them in the garage, barely water them through the winter, and they'll be ready to plant. Um, I do love, love um, – I do. I really do love hostas. I've gotten more fond of them as the years have gone by. I don't know exactly why that is, but um, I really do love it. Can you garden, Mama? Jeff's in Forest County. I hope things are well there today. Can you eat rosemary blooms? I sure hope so. <laughs> I, I have I have decorated a few things with a few of the blue flowers, and they do have a very strong smell, and they don't taste bad. Um, I'm not going to put anything in that's not been grown for eating. So in other words, um, if I go over here, there's a, a, a big shopping area by, by my dentist's office, and they have rosemary out in beds. Well, I, don't, I know those folks. I've met them, but I don't know what they do to the rosemary. I don't know if it's been sprayed. I don't know, you know, how how, how they take care of it. So I'm probably not going to eat those rosemary flowers. But the ones in my garden, yeah, I'm gonna give it a try. I'm always in in great appreciation of uh, the folks who tell you that it 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 may be edible. It may not taste good. <laughs> my children would say that about a lot of things. Um, let's see. Kudzu would make a nice wreath. You're absolutely correct. That would be another good one. But I don't know what the meaning associated with it is. The meaning associated with, uh, with some things is more important than others in terms of where you use it and how you decorate with it. Juniper, for example, is all about hope and life. And obviously, in the darkest season of the year, that's what we think about. We, but the, our, we, we revolve our holidays around hope and light, and that's probably a really good choice for us. Why not have more juniper wreaths? Um, my juniper needs to be pruned anyway, so I'm, <laughs> I always enjoy that. I like a door swag as much as I like a wreath, and juniper makes a beautiful choice for either one of those. We talk about um, misting our wreaths and greens and all these things that we decorate with, and that is important. But you need to know about wilt-proof, too, because that's another good thing you can spray that, that helps to hold them a little bit longer, and especially if we're going to have warmer weather. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Andrea's, um, Andrea's growing tithonia, and it has fallen over in full orange, beautiful bloom. Yes, you can certainly stake it up. I've I have done it. Um, I've grown the prettiest tithonia I ever grew. I grew inside of a tomato cage but it wasn't nearly as big as this i think in this case when they came got a little bit maybe halfway as big as they are i'd probably just take a piece of low fencing and put around the base of it to kind of give them a place to form a vase from and uh, that that's lovely though i do i do love tithonia that's those are the mexican zinnias mexican sunflowers that you you, you don't see as often and they're not a great cut flower all the time, but they are a beautiful, beautiful garden plant, one that you'd want to keep on your list. I don't know how to tell y'all this, but there's a new onion. And who to thunk from the, Hima- the, the Himalayas? What were they even doing looking for onions in the Himalayas? Well, this information is coming to us to expand on our knowledge of alliums, you know, onions, leeks, garlics, that whole family, chives, all those babies. This one has long been known to the locals as jambu or fron, 
both of which are beautiful descriptions, I don't think we're going to see it in our stores anytime soon. And the reason for that is because this thing only grows, It's although there are 1,100 species of alliums, <laughs> different kinds of onions, this one only grows in this in the, at the Indo-Tibetan border, um, the Nidhi Valley, and, and it grows at 4,000 meters above sea level. So we're probably not going to be growing too many of them here. I love, though, that no matter how far we go and no matter how long we look, there's always another plant. And there's there's always another to be found. According to the locals, the one from the Needy Valley was particularly good. All of these are seasoning onions, and everybody has a, lo- has a local name for it. Those are just two of the ones, Jambu and Fran, Sakua and Cacho. That tells you... As I talk to you about all the time, we've got plants that are popular and we've got plants that are just so beloved, they get a name everywhere they live. And I always think about strawberry bush, which is also hearts of Bustin, which is also Wahoo. <laughs> you know? Those are all wonderful names, but they're all the same plant. And it, I think that that's the same case in this particular world. They have been really enjoying um, this group of researchers from India says that folks there have been enjoying this. It actually um, grows and sprouts in the streams that form along where the snow melts on the edge of the pastures. So that's where they find it. I don't think we'll be growing it, but I sure do. I sure am glad they found it. I'm sure glad that they've got a name for it, and they've given us yet another allium in the big family. That's fun. I don't know if you care about this, but I care tremendously that uh, marsh grass protects the shorelines, you know. I have to say, sometimes we, we human beings tilt at windmills beyond where we probably should. And by that, I'm, I mean that there are many, many hours of my life I will never get back, which were spent harvesting people's used Christmas trees, tying them together and creating things to put out into the ocean to try and help the erosion s- slow down. We didn't. Lots of trees got used. I'm sure it's great for the fish. They loved it. Um, I'll accept the tinsel. But. Honest to goodness, native marsh plants do play a major role, we understand, in in coastal erosion mitigation. But how are we going to make them better? Well, we make them better by knowing where to plant more of them, by knowing how they work and where we need to put more of them. But also, in this particular case, MIT is helping us understand how the plants can form larger colonies based on our intervention or lack thereof. Always remember... It's not just what you do. Sometimes it's what you don't do that makes all the difference. Orchid growers call that benign neglect, and I think they're on to something. I fiddle with mine too much, and I don't always have as pretty of flowers as other folks do. All right now, stick around. This is Weekend Gardening.
Hey there, what are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Plus, you could save up to $150. Viasat offers high-speed satellite internet wherever you live, even if cable providers don't go there. So you can get online today and tomorrow. Go to Viasat.com slash connect now and save up to $150 on select home plans. That's V-I-A-S-A-T.com slash connect now. Minimum 24-month service term. Service is not available in all areas. See Viasat.com for additional terms and conditions. Oh, what fun! Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual Premier Holiday Shopping Experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. No Drip Roofing and Construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified, certainteed shingle installer, family-owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No Drip Roofing and Construction. 601-371-1051. Spillway Diner would like to salute all healthcare and first responders for putting your life on the line to help so many. You are the true heroes. Thank you. From Curtis and staff at Spillway Diner. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland is now offering monoclonal antibody treatments. Monoclonal antibody therapy offers a way to help reduce and prevent severe symptoms in COVID-positive patients and for those who have been in close contact with someone who has tested positive. Most insurance providers will cover the cost. If you are uninsured, you may be eligible for reimbursement through the federal government. To find out if you are eligible for this treatment option, call Innovative Health Clinic today, 601-944-5580. Here's a fact. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. Also a fact, vaccines are highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths, even from the Delta variant. If you've got questions about COVID vaccines, talk to a doctor because our kids are irreplaceable. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Green, the new degree of comfort. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. The hunt is over for all your deer camp setup needs at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in Bolton since 1871. Get your food plot set up with mixes from Pennington, J&J, and Wax Company, along with ryegrass from Nelson and Marshall. And don't forget the wheat for those doves, along with fertilizer, spreaders, and sprayers. Feeders by Boss Buck Gravity and Moultrie, filled with rice bran original, peanut butter, persimmon, along with corn, mineral salt, as well as that Buck Robber game attractant. Game cameras, hunting license, wasp and bug sprays, and much, much more. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your deer camp setup specialist. Downtown Bolton since 1871. 
I'd like to be Under the sea In an octopus's garden In the shade He'd let us in Knows where we've been In his octopus's garden In the shade I'd ask my friends To come and see I so appreciate y'all, my friends, checking in every Saturday, jumping in on the radio. I do have the opportunity many times to run into people who never call, but they listen. No, I don't have any problem with that, because we all understand in the radio world that for every one person who calls in, there's a whole lot of people. It takes a bunch of people listening before one person ever calls, so you really do make my day, and I appreciate it very, very much. Now, if you've got something you want to weigh in on, we've got a little more time this morning to do that. 888-808-8637. That is the Super Talk call line. And of course, <laughs> the hot as ever ceasefire text line is 601-879-4395. I, I sometimes think that we should have had text lines before we had voice lines. It would have been a really interesting conversation, but I'm very glad that we have gotten them at this particular point in our lives. We need we need this. We need to be able to get in touch with one another, sometimes not always vocally. Okay? For example, one of the questions that has come from someone that actually does know me and has my text number has just asked me um, why I don't talk about how old I am. Because it might make somebody feel better. Well, it might make somebody else feel bad. Okay, that's one reason. But it's because this is theater of the mind. You can imagine how old I am. You can imagine how tall I am. You can imagine all sorts of things about me. And that's part of the joy. I can do the same about you. (laughs) That's kind of fun, too. I did not know that islands are... Oh, by the way, for those of you who really do care about these things, I'm 70, so just... Just keep going. (laughs) It takes a little while to have some experience, and frankly, I'm glad to be gathering up more every, every day. I didn't know anything about the dwarf planet Vesta. I'm just beside myself with this information. I love this. Mantle-type rocks, that is to say a a, a structure built basically like us, okay, and like our planet. And the dwarf planet Vesta is actually helping us understand much, much more because it is one of the few that we can observe that is built basically the same way as the Earth. This is fascinating stuff. If we look at meteorites, generally there's core material, there's crust, but we don't see that mantle. And the good news is that in this case, We can solve part of the missing mantle problem. Vesta is the second largest body in the asteroid belt. It's big enough to have come about in the same way as the rocky terrestrial bodies like us and our moon and the planet Mars. So early on, um, these things happened, and the, the mantle itself, of course, did not make it forward in others, but it does in these ones that are really, really big. I like that. Very fun. Billy, let's talk for you. You're in Clinton, I believe, this morning. Welcome into the show. What's going on? Hello, Billy. Hello. Good morning. Howdy. What's uh, up? I had a question. Well, I have a, a variety of hydrangeas that the deer haven't eaten yet. <laughs> and uh, I was wondering when to fertilize 
those plants. Okay. Are they doing well? I have, the, uh, I have limelight. Go ahead. Are they doing well? As pl- I mean, the, other than the ones that have been eaten, are the others doing well? Did, the, were they blooming this year? Were they pretty? They were till till the deer ate them. I understand. Uh, but uh, I have uh, I have limelight, which are about three years old, and and uh, uh, they. Uh, I was just wondering when I've got the mop heads. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I've got three or four, two or three or four different varieties of hydrangeas. Well, you're ahead of me because I've only got two. But I I love hydrangeas. And here's the thing. We don't want to fertilize them until they begin to put their leaves on in the spring. And at that point, we're in that year, we're in that point of view this year where we we may or may not, in Clinton, you may not lose all your leaves, but there's still going to be a point the beginning of next spring or late winter when they start to leaf out. That's the point where you want to fertilize them. I'll tell you okay. what else I'm doing that I don't always do. I'm taking the brown flowers off of my limelights. They have crushed and turned into just a mess, and I'm not going to prune the plants, but I'm taking just the flowers off to neaten it up a little bit. I don't always have to do that. But this this month has been pretty dry at my place, so they're looking kind of no, they're, they're looking kind of sad. <laughs> well, I I left the blooms on my mop heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were pink this year, and I left those on. But I was getting ready to take those off, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing and that I too. I had a, I had one of my mop heads put on a new flower about two weeks ago. I still can't explain that. But the others, the the flowers that have aged out, um, I'm I'm taking off because I like to put those in the house in the winter. They're pretty. Sounds good. Uh, well, that's my question. Thank you, Billy. Do me a favor and feed them something that's called flowering shrub food next spring. Don't give them the 888 treatment if you can help it. I appreciate that. All right. Um, let's see. We've got Michelle. Okay. Michelle's coming in from Madison. Hey, Michelle, what are you planting? I have a 10-year-old bonsai that was given to me. Oh, my goodness. And we have never repotted it. It looks great. Um, but I just don't know if, if my husband thinks it's probably root-bound. I don't know much about bonsai, and I would love any advice about what to do with it. All right. If it looks great and you're continuing to prune it, do you fertilize it a little bit? I don't prune or fertilize. I've never done anything except for watered it sparsely. Okay. Um, and it hasn't grown any? It's probably grown two, two inches maybe. All right. I'm going to give you – do you happen to know where it came from by any chance? Uh, yeah, it came from mm, the – the Brussels. Garden Garden Place by Palm Bridges. Okay, good. All right, super duper. They they they're not going to sell you anything that's not in good quality. That that's my friends at. at uh, I'm going to tell you that. I don't know every nursery, but I happen to know them. Um, I'm going to say that if you're not con- the re- the way bonsai works is that you continually prune it so it continually puts on new growth and gets a little bit bigger, but you don't actually repot it, but about every five years. And at that point, it may or may not even need to be repotted because you you literally water and fertilize very little, just enough to keep new growth coming so that you can prune and shape it and it can age. Does that make sense? Yes. So if you haven't done any of those things, you probably don't need to repot it, You but you may want to start clipping it to try and push it a little bit to do some of the aging that you would like to see. Okay. I'm going to tell you that the the, the, the best bonsai website in the country in the world probably is brussels bonsai 
They're south of Memphis, and you want to know their website. You can go there and learn a world of things about it, as well as be intimidated and inspired, (laughs) as I am, by the beauty of some of those plants. (laughs) I love bonsai. I don't want to do it, but I love looking at it. (laughs) Yeah, I have not. It's been no trouble. It's amazing. It's almost like it did, just a little bigger, but I don't want to... Well, you've got it. You have it in the right position. I would not do too much. I would get a fine pair of scissors and begin doing a little trimming. But but go to Brussels Bonsai's website, and you will find out exactly where to prune. They're, they're, they've got good, gorgeous stuff. Now, we'll tell you, completely sidebar from that, I used to go to um, Bonsai. I used to go to Plant Society things more often than I do have in the last few years. And for a number of years, I went to a Bonsai Society show. Um, I really loved it. I found that almost everyone there, I've always said this would be a great place for a young person that was looking for a date to go because these are mostly singles like surgeons, you know, people who are like plants, but they're really very, very technical and very, very specific about what they do. And part of that is the trimming. So I've always enjoyed meeting them. They're smart folks. They have gorgeous plants. But it's also true that they are they have a sense of humor. And there is somebody who makes like little crashed cars that you put in the bonsai so it looks like it's just had a little car that ran into it little tiny people on picnics i mean it's just it's crazy there's just a whole world out there and you have lit it up for me today i'm gonna have to go home and look at look up some of my folks that do bonsai (laughs) thank you you enjoy what a great set gardening has something for everybody if you don't want to ever go outside, you're not interested in much dirt, and you love to prune things, get into bonsai. On the other hand, if all you want really in your world is more and more water, figure out a way to make a wetland and grow yourself a bog. You can have it. In in gardening, you can have just about whatever you want. It's really terrific. Um, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Um, no, I didn't want to tell her to do that. Goodness gracious. All right, there was a fire pit. Woo-wee! All right, the heat from the metal pit really did kill the grass. I'm sure it won't grow much of anything. The good news is your soil is going to be very, very able to respond and come back and bounce back from that. So clear the area for anything that is in the way. For example, ashes and stuff, you don't, you don't need much of that at this point. Turn it over a couple of times, and then, frankly, at this time of year, I want you to go and get a little bit of perennial ryegrass and sow it in there. Sow it every week if it won't come up. Sow it and water it. Sow it and water it, and let it break. What happens when you put perennial ryegrass into a setting like that, Even whether it's a brand-new area where you're going to put a lawn next year or something like this that you're trying to recover from a fire pit, you, it will push into the soil. It not only holds it stable, but it also breaks it up for you as well as an earthworm. And the earthworms will come along, too, <laughs> because, frankly, they like that setting. But get yourself some perennial ryegrass. Stir the area up. Plant the perennial rye. Let it come up a couple of times and dig it in and put in a little bit more. And then next year you'll be, you'll be able to put some actual lawn there or whatever it is that you want to use for the space. That's an interesting one. It's it's not it's not the easiest to do, but reclaiming um, after a fire pit is usually easier than you think. It just has to be ignored, and the, the soil will take care of the work. Um, 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 this is the time of year when most people are looking to put in a fire pit because it's so pretty to go out sit outside. This is beautiful. 
Rob, that's gorgeous. That's a beautiful Confederate rose. He wants you to know he's in Amory. He wants you to know that um, he cuts it all the way down every year and it comes back huge and beautiful. That's really one of the very positive ways to treat this particular plant. We tend to say cut four feet off the top and root that so you have some more plants, and that's true. But if you've got a good sunny location like this, and I mean, this is just beautiful and covered with flowers, I like the advice to cut it down. If we don't, we end up with frozen canes and stuff trying to come up between the canes that are not there anymore and, you know, all that sort of thing. It's not, it isn't exactly what we need uh, for that to happen. We're just a fun, um, fun, fun plant, though. I like, you know, I like things that change color. And I also like plants that flower in the fall. And it's a pink one is rare. So that's one another good reason to grow that one. Um, I, I like Confederate Rose. I like the – mine right now has two flowers on it. I didn't fertilize it. I didn't weed out from under it. And it still grew and bloomed. It can't they, – they can't help it once they get started. Um, there's a, a couple of other plants that we talk about that are blooming now that I really want you to be sure you are seeing. One is ironweed. I have been um, – a fan of Bob Bruzex for a very long time. He's professor of landscape architecture at State, but perhaps even in terms of his legacy to the world, his love of blues and his ability to paint and his art and everything is just spectacular. So I'm I'm very, very fond of all of that from him. Um, And he says that he had a conversation with his mother long ago, and she said, everything you say is a weed, you know, pickerel weed and iron weed and this weed and that weed. So now we need to we need to think about that because weed is kind of like wart. It just means plant. And in our world, the, the weeds are the ones that we don't want to grow. But some of these plants have names because somebody didn't want to grow them, but we do. So let's call it iron plant. I like that. It's a good idea. That's Vernonia in case you're trying to look it up. You can do that, all right. Corinne's and Jackson sending in a little bit of something here. Um, oh, my goodness, she's got um, okra that's still producing. Should I've read that I can not only dig up and overwinter the peppers, but also my okra plants. Do you agree? I don't know if it's going to be necessary. The, um, the, the early indicators are that it's going to be fairly mild this winter in, in Jackson, where you are. So I might think about protecting them. I might, if I have four of them, I might dig up two, you know, just for fun, just to see. But I don't know if you're going to need to or not. Okra's not as reliable as peppers, okay? That's for sure. Oh, good tune. You know, me and the computer don't always get along, but uh, when I have a chance, I like to put in a little lyricalness. Y'all want to know when this was recorded? This 1974. An amazing Elvin Bishop. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. 
Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. What do members of the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation look like? We have members from every corner of Mississippi, from all walks of life. All over the state, we see two types of memberships, active members of the farming community and associate members who utilize Farm Bureau services like insurance. All memberships support Mississippi agriculture. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. Some people treat investing like a game. But Marcus by Goldman Sachs approaches investing in a smart way with digitally managed portfolios that leverage Goldman Sachs strategies. So, do you want to play games or do you want your money to work smart? You can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs and Company, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Lending and deposits products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive. 601-790-9407. Hurry, run, get to the car. It's coming. Start the car. What are you waiting for? I knew I should have gone to Mazda of Jackson. Rid of that creepy old car you've been driving around in and upgrade to a new vehicle during our model year clearance at Mazda of Jackson. All the 2021s must go, and we're giving you amazing savings on every last one of them. Get 0.9% financing for 36 months on all new Mazdas. That's 0.9% on every new Mazda in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. You can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Is your credit history scary? Our credit team will work to get you approved no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. <laughs> Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. So get to Mazda of Jackson today, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. I-55 French Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on select models. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. People are angry these days, but you don't have to be. Let's get 2021 started right. Because somebody out there needs your help. At Gateway Rescue Mission, your donation can provide a meal. Your prayer can unlock the power of God to change a life. If we spend more time praying and less time fussing, we can help some people. Go to gatewaymission.org, make a donation, and help change a life today. 
I never found the Halloween music from the person who just texted me. <laughs> they know what a zombie jamboree fan I am, but I'll find it for next week. <laughs> yeah, we don't do a whole lot of that. We, I, I have to say, I'm, my biggest dilemma, I've noticed that people up and down my street have begun decorating their front yards for Halloween because we now have a sidewalk where we've never had one before in my, sp- my stretch of the street. We never had trick-or-treaters because we never encouraged them because there's no sidewalk and it's a busy street. Now we have a sidewalk. I don't know. I still don't have a doorbell, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> If that's going to work or not, we'll have to see. Weekend gardening is something that I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity to do. And your kindnesses to me um, are just overwhelming, This, particularly this morning, but really every Saturday. Y'all are very kind to me. I, I do work hard. I do what I can. And I'm happy to say that y'all do, too. And that's why we have a good time here for quite some time. Uh, we, we have the opportunity to have a couple of hours together. But. You can always get in touch with me the rest of the week, Mama on Air at Yahoo.com. That's Mama, M-A-M-A. That's how you always spell my mama. Your mama may be spelled some other way, but my mama is M-A-M-A, on air at Yahoo.com. That's where you can get information about the All Things Garden Mama weekly newsletter, and I do appreciate so much that you all are subscribing. If you subscribe now, you will get it through the end of the year, every week delivered to your email box, and then you won't be asked again until next December, a year from this coming December. It's a, I'm trying to get my database all into January, and I'm more than happy to have new subscribers. So y'all come on and let's, let's do that. Um, for those of you who are subscribers and for those of you who are my Zoomers, um, we'll be Zooming at 1130 today. The intergenerational Zoom gardening will be there. And I really look forward to that. I'm going to try something new today. Um, I'm going to be taking it outside. So we'll see whether there's enough light or too much light or all of those things. But we're going to be Zooming at 1130. So if you have not gone to patreon.com slash gardenmama and you want to get in on the Zoom, you can do that. The Zoom only costs you a buck a month, and that way you get to support everything else that I do, too. Plus, you have access to my archives. There's a lot of stuff in those archives. Many a cold winter's night could be spent reading my archives. Believe you me. Oh my goodness, this is lovely. Y'all are just so, y'all, y'all send so many beautiful, beautiful things. This is delightful. I don't know enough about this one to tell you about it, but I do know enough about a couple of things. I want to make sure that you have all the info that I have this week about what's going on. And my big one is pansies and bulbs. Mm-hmm, that's right. Get your shovels ready. I have got pansies to plant, and I'm going to do this, but I'm going to tell you how to do this right now so you can go buy you some daffodil bulbs and buy you some pansies and put them together all you need is a container that is at least six or eight preferably more inches deep you don't need a you don't need a four gallon container but you need something that's eight or eight inches deep is excellent we want to put a couple of inches of soil in the bottom put the daffodil bulbs in the bottom layer put on a couple of more layers of soil a couple more inches of soil rather get it up to where you've got the soil all the way to the top plant in the pansies so that means that in a in a 10 inch pot or let's say an 8 inch pot that's big enough if you have an 8 inch deep pot the pansies are going to be growing in the top 4 inches and the daffodils will be a couple of inches below that because they got to be down in the soil otherwise when they come up they just flop over so we want to make sure that they're underneath at least twice as much soil as they are tall 
you can see why in a container it's a good idea to not have huge bulbs, but if you got a big container, you may want some big bulbs. All you're trying to do at that point is make, a, make space for them both to grow. And if you have straws, everybody's got straws or something that's laying around, old plastic forks or any number of things. When you plant the bulbs in the bottom and go to put the soil on top of them to make room for the pansies, put yourself a little marker. Put a straw there so you know where each one of your bulbs is. Then when you plant the pansies, you're going to plant them in between, and you don't end up with a conflict later. It doesn't happen very often, but I have seen pansies get pushed up out of the ground by bulbs that were stronger than they were. So we want to give each of them their own space. I'll be working on that. Um, If you have crinum lily bulbs, this is a great time to plant them. If you have... Jacob's Ladder Gladiola, not the annual gladiolas that we plant beginning in February, but if you have the the perennial ones, the Jacob's Ladders, this is a great time. I'm kind of, y'all, I'm I'm in a quandary. The people down the street from me don't know what they have. The house has been sold, and they've mowed over the gladiola bulbs all summer. Could there be a nighttime? You know, I do have a thing that puts a light on my forehead. (laughs) I have one of those tools. And I've been thinking about going down there. It can't be during the full moon like right now. There's too much light right now. Everyone would see me. But would I get caught, do you think? Of course I would. That's me. But somebody's got to tell them these are precious bulbs. I don't know if it's going to be me. Maybe it will be. If you're looking for another bulb for containers and it, you, you've got a small container or you have, um, you, you have a particular love for blue flowers, don't forget muscari. Those are just gorgeous, and I, I, I encourage everybody to plant more of them. You'll get a couple of years out of them in Zone 8 um, before they fade away on you. Probably... Probably in Zone 7, too, but but certainly in Zone 8. All right, y'all. Strange radio waves have emerged. That's right. From our own galaxy's center, there is a signal. It is not a pulse. It's not constant. It's not consistent. It's variable. That's what makes this so exciting. When you talk about scientists being tantalized, you are really taking a leap. And in this particular case, the astronomers are tantalized. The University of Sydney is tracking this thing. The radio waves fit no currently understood pattern. And they're not, it, it, it could be some new kind of stellar object. Yes, we all know it's, it's, it's not going to be, you know, Cheech and Chong on a, 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 a interplanetary trip. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that this could be the thing that we have been looking for because the brightness also varies dramatically. Everything about it is different from the pulsars, from the, the other things that we have seen in these spaces. So believe you me, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this. I just wish the new object's got a terrible name. And and it's it's as Cape J, and then it has like 17 numbers after it. So we're just going to call it Murphy, because that's one of the professors involved in the project, and I feel like that's just as well. We're going to be keeping an eye out for more information about Murphy, and we will bring it to you as time goes along, I promise. What? How exciting to find something new, something we've never seen, something nobody's ever known about. That's very, very exciting.
A lot of things going on in the garden this week. I will be, if you think of me this week, I will be out planting more lettuce seeds, trying to see if any of my lettuce seeds still have any life in them. Um, and they're, they're, I've had a little bit better success. This last round, more of them came up and they didn't actually collapse. Um, don't forget, active learning is what puts that lesson in your hands. That is a big piece of why gardening is so important and so vital. Everybody learns in different ways, but everybody learns better if we can learn with our hands than only our heads. It also is true that just a little bit of physical activity will make you a smarter person and help your memory if you can remember to exercise. I hope you can. I hope you can remember to get out there and garden and to get back here and talk with me next week on Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation stand for? Everything we do is built around attaining a better life for Mississippi farmers and ranchers and all Farm Bureau members. Things like rural broadband and private property rights, funding for roads and bridges, and our Child Saver program. We think these are outstanding causes, and hopefully you do too. Because when Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by, see us, or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.